Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you want some of this shit? I don't want that shit. I don't give a fuck. I don't play that shit. And I'm finna bust a cap with a nigga. Let's shut the fuck up. Slow down, slow down, slow down. You see that brick house right there? That's the nigga crib. When you come out, you gotta tighten his ass up. I'm gonna get in the overcar. Alright. It's this V-Shock and it dump it. This drama really means nothing to me. I ride by and blow your brains out. Brains out. It's no time to cock it. There's no way you can stop it when niggas run up on you with them things out. Things out. I do what I gotta do. I don't care if I get caught. The DA could play this motherfucker, take me court. I kill you. Alrighty guys, welcome to the special edition special report, October twenty eighth, two thousand eight. I'm your host, KZ. This episode of Rubber Guard Radio is dedicated to the memory of one of my personal favorite enhancement talents, Mr. S.D. Jones. May you rest in peace, Mr. Jones. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Um, you can get t-shirts, DVDs, pretty much everything. Um, I suggest checking out SoCal Pro DVDs from this year. Uh, Adam Pierce has been tearing it up in the San Diego scene all year. Uh, also, there are some other stars out there. SoCal Crazy has been doing very well. Uh, let me see who else. The champion, um, Jason Redondo, the Ballard Brothers. Also check out our new shoot interviews with the Ballard Brothers and Michael Modest. And this past Saturday, um, FogCityWrestling.com made their triumphant return. San Francisco, uh, they had a really good show. Uh, Olafa the Samoan Tank had a really good match with Raven. That was some good stuff. Uh, I have on the line, first off, from the AngryMarks.com website and Big D and the Super Friends, I have Big D. And also, I don't know what website to plug in from, but, you know, he's a video review and whore, Mr. Derek Bergen. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Well, <laughs> how you doing, KC? <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? Mr. Bergen, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I know you, you do have a busy schedule with watching DVDs. <laughs> yeah, plenty of them sitting ahead of me. And playing that great TNA game that you love so much, right? Oh, yes, God. I do love that game. <laughs> Honestly? Really? Do you like it? <laughs> I did I did like it. But then again, uh to be fair, I also don't play hundreds of video games. So uh, it was really it was actually the first Xbox game I ever played, so I was uh, I was totally blown away by the. Uh, I thought the graphics were inc- incredibly sharp, but I mean, when, when you when you're down to it, when you're a crumbly, when you're a DC sniper, and you've played, you know, wrestling game after wrestling game after wrestling <laughs> game, maybe, maybe it doesn't stack up perfectly. But to me, who's, who's played WrestleFest, and I've I've played a couple old shitty games on the NES and shit like that, I thought it was uh, it was pretty damn spectacular. Tremendous. Well, you you did mention you know the TNA game. Um, Big D and myself, we're, we're both enthusiasts of Fire Pro Wrestling. Um, what are your feelings on that game, Derek? You know, I don't have any because I never played, but I, I followed some links because in some of those uh, controversial threads with uh, Jeremy Warnick on the uh, figure four board, uh, some people are putting up these YouTube clips of people who use emulators or whatever for Fire Pro for like uh, WCW during the Monday Wars, WWE, ECW, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
And uh, so I, I'd probably absolutely love the game if, if I played it, especially with all these these mods that people put onto it. So I, I was I was blown away, and I, I couldn't get enough of watching those. Yeah, you'd totally love the game, mainly because it's really customizable. You can create and change anything you want in the game. You know, a lot of games uh, give you that, um, you know, limits and whatnot. You always have a creator wrestler, man, but that game, you can create a ring, create a logo. Sometimes it takes time, especially if you're not artistically inclined, but uh, it's still, you know, you got those options, so it's, yeah, it's great. Well, b before we get rolling here, um, <clears throat> D, I must ask, who is your favorite created character for Fire Pro? One that I've created? Yes. Or I got two. I got a tie. I created a really awesome El Generico, perfect to a T, and I created another damn near perfect Heath Herring, to the point where if you look at him, you'd think, Jesus Christ, that's fucking Heath Herring. Mm, tremendous. I, I have too many favorites. I mean, I have Ray Buccanero, Ultimo Guerrero, I just finished Vampiro today. I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, all kinds of shit that you can do. Um, okay, but, um, you you, ha you have to admit, I'm sure the first person that you bought it had to be Adam Pierce with how much you love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have I do have an Adam Pierce on my game, yes. Um, Mike Modest is actually in the game. You don't have to make him. Yeah, no shit. Um, speaking of uh, Adam Pierce, I'm going to run down the results from the NWA Mexico show from uh, October 25th at Centro. Banamex de Mexicano. Uh, Arcanos and Hermano Morte fought J.A. and Okawa to a 15-minute draw. Fantasco defeated Angus. Pendulo beat Spider Black. Man, a lot of undercard guys here. Uh, Black Terry and Negro Navarro beat Solar One and Super Astro. That should be good. Uh, Magno defeated Incognito, which has got to suck. I hate Incognito. He sucks. Um, Dos Caras, Mascara Sagrada, and Sinestro beat Cien Caras, Eo Del Salatorio, and Super Parka. And in the main event, Blue Demon defeated Adam Pierce. Uh, Demon used a half crab to win the title, but Pierce's arm was under the bottom rope. So we had a title change this past weekend. Um, I was expecting it. Um, well, I, I, I mentioned, uh, Adam Pierce. First off, Derek. Um, what, what are your feelings on uh, Gabe Sapolsky being ousted as Booker? Well, uh, I think like a lot of fans, I first uh, found out uh, early, very early Sunday morning. And uh, like many out there, you know, I started getting the uh, seven stages of grief there. I was in shock at first, denial. Uh, later came the, the yeah, later came the Adam Pierce news, and I got the depression and anger. But I, I was completely blown away because I was, I was contacting you know, a lot of people to, to make sure this was true or, or what they heard, and I was really the first person to tell them. And uh, it, was just, it was just an amazing thing. If, if I would have been told Saturday night, you know, one of these bookers is going to be fired by the end of the day, and you had Brian Gewertz, Michael Hayes, anybody in TNA, whoever, I would have said, okay, but Gabe Sapolsky, I, I would have said there's no chance in hell that's going to happen. And uh, I, was just, I was just unprepared, and this is one of the uh, – the biggest, you know, last week I kind of gave Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez some grief because they're saying Elite XC is like one of the biggest stories of the year, which I found pretty ridiculous. To me, this is one of the biggest stories of the year because I don't think anybody saw it coming, and uh, it's 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 really shocking. Now they're you, both you, very big stories. You you said about Adam becoming the Booker that you were you know was sad and grief. Um, may I ask why? I think you know the, replacing the Booker. If I were going to give ROH, a list of 20 things they needed to change. That would be 21st. But, I mean, it, it's done. 
But if you're going to change the booker, I don't know why you would put all of your eggs into a basket in which there's really not a track record of success and there's not a big history of him uh, in control of other companies, you know what I mean, and really have that experience in the locker room experience doing a lot of things that bookers have to be in charge of. I just think when you're at a, a precipice of your company and, you, you know, you can go either way. You can go out of business or you can hopefully succeed. I don't know why you would you'd put that on the back of somebody who's unproven right now. So I was just, I was very surprised. So would, would you consider him, you know, a stopgap? You know, a transitional champion, if you will. Yeah, I mean, if this if this news is true, I, I mean, I feel bad for the guy in a way because you're almost in a a no win position because the the Ring of Honor fans who are used to Ring of Honor the way it's been for the last five years might not give him a chance at all, and uh, mm-hmm. so he's he's really set up to almost fail in, in some degree. Mm-hmm. Big D. Any feelings, brother? Jump in. Yeah, man, I got to say a couple of things real quick. Uh, I was shocked just like Derek was when I woke up and I read Gates Sapolsky, no longer the booker of ROH. At the same time, though, I spoke to somebody, and I'm, I'm going to kayfabe the name, and please, KZ, don't give the name out. I spoke to somebody in FIP who works for both companies. Um, for both ROH and FIP. I spoke to them actually in August, and they told me that there were some major changes coming in October. Now, whether or not this is a coincidence or not, I'm probably going to say it is. However, when I first read the news, that was the first thing that came to mind. I was told that they were going to bring in new talent in October to FIP. ROH wasn't even mentioned. And they were going to change a little bit of the direction. Some of the guys were being moved to other associate indies down here in Florida, such as Riot. Um, you know, I believe in wrestling. There's another new indie coming up. There's a lot of new indies down here, and they all work together for the most part. Not all of them, but they're all, you know, buddies. Well, this person told me that, and then when I heard the news, uh, that's the first thing I thought of. I said, how long had this been premeditated? I can tell you that a lot of Ring of Honor fans, including myself, have been disenfranchised with the product. Not to say, look, it's not. I'm not saying the product is bad. It's nowhere near as bad as TNA, but it's just it's become very stale within this past year. Um, I had a great time at the shows that I've been to, but you're always going to get great wrestling with Ring of Honor, but you're not going to get... You know, you, you, the storylines are not what they were a couple of years ago or even, you know, longer than that. You know, this has been the the worst year with regards to, like, booking. Well, I, you know, I, if, if their goal is to get is to make the company larger and to expand, to get more notoriety, I don't think changing the booker is really the – like Derek said, I don't think that's going to do it. I think you need to do a lot more things than just changing the booker because if a tree falls in the forest and – you know, nobody hears it doesn't make a sound. I don't care who's booking your product. If nobody sees it, it won't matter. But uh, if Carrie feels the step in the right direction, then I can't argue with him. He owns the company. There you go. So you think that maybe it's, it's fallout from something? Maybe they had an argument over something? And Well, look, I've been to told. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I've been told, and I'm sure you've been told, too, and I'm even sure Derek's heard Gabe's the kind of guy who, and, and keep in mind, I don't know Gabe personally, okay? This is just, for, you know, for what I've heard from workers and such. He's the kind of guy where he, if you argue against one of his ideas, and it depends, he's really like, a lot of creative people are like this. Paul Hamas kind of like that where they have a real short fuse. You know what I mean? And, you know, if you tell him, you know, Gabe, I don't really think that's going to work. You know, he'll. I've heard that he's had several blow-ups. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's 
I don't know if, if he blew up at Kerry, but I know there are some of the boys, to take your word, that he's blown up at. Um, so maybe it's a com- maybe it's like a, a snowball, you know. Maybe certain people just you know got sick of it. I I couldn't tell you. I've had firsthand experience with Gabe because I was uh, really the point man for Ring of Honor a while back for the the Pro Wrestling Torch when it wasn't really being covered anywhere near in depth, and I was doing review after review. And uh, Gabe is a type where, just like um, Big D said, I mean, these reviews were really, I mean, almost uh, ass-kissing. They were so gushingly because, I mean, I was falling in love with this product. It was, it was something I wasn't seeing on SmackDown and Raw and, and, and the, the stupid weekly TNA pay-per-views at the time. And uh, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing in the ring. And I, I do these uh, almost, like I said, gushingly reviews, and there might be a stupid skit like the Towel Boy back in the day or, or an S- a Spanish announcing team match which I criticized, and, you know, that's what Gabe would write back to me and just say, I don't know what I'm talking about, and stuff like that. And uh, wh- one of the things that I'm most surprised of in this, in this past week, or past weekend, I should say, is that Dave Meltzer's reporting and people reporting that, that Gabe took the news well. And like Big D said, I've read over five years of him blowing up over, you know, small things like little lighting problems or the wrong music being played. I mean, the guy is just out of his mind at times, you know, and I, I have a lot of off-the-record stories, you know, between emails between him and, and other writers and, and myself. And it just doesn't make sense how this news, this is like a life-changing news, that he just takes it in stride. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening recently that I'm, I'm not saying the story's false, and I'm not saying this is all a big work, but there's a lot of things right now that are really jumping out at me and saying this, this isn't acting in concert with how the real world works. And uh, one is, is why Gabe is so quiet and taking this, like, nonchalantly when he has a history of blowing up and overreacting to news that is just, you know, so minor in the scope of things. Yeah, and, and Derek's right, and, and, and Gabe has been known to, um, he, he likes to, his booking philosophies are really, and we're going to talk about this on your show, as you mentioned, his booking philosophies are very, he's got a good booking mind, he likes to leave certain things open, however, if, if there's something that he really loves, and you argue against it, he will fight you for it. He'll say, no, you're wrong. And sometimes he uses the wrong words. That's the issue uh, that I've heard from people, that sometimes he, you know, he doesn't say, he doesn't talk to you. He'll flip out. No, you know, and that doesn't really, you know, that might have got on some people's nerves, you know. And, and on a side note, I don't mean to kiss Derek Bergen's ass, but a lot of my purchases of ROH DVDs have been because of Bergen's reviews, and that's not bullshit. That's a, I swear. I read Bergen's reviews. If it's a DVD that, I, that has like Kobashi on it, I'm just gonna buy it. But if it's one where I'm kind of like, you know, like, like on, you know, like I don't know if I'm gonna buy it, I'll check out Bergen, Derek Bergen's review first and see if there's anything on it that's worth it, you know. And and so, you know, he really shouldn't, you know, if Gabe's Giving you problems, Derek, man, that's really uncalled for because your stuff has helped me put money in his pocket. Oh, I, I definitely take it in stride. And at this point, it's just Gabe being Gabe, just like uh, people who interacted with Rob Feinstein know that he has his quirks. And uh, But I can imagine to somebody who's not used to it or people that just don't let that uh, water off a duck's back, so to speak, that it might drive them crazy. And uh, I think that's why a lot of the reaction to Gabe's uh, – being let go, a lot of people are almost jumping on the bandwagon saying good riddance or, you know, they really needed to shake up. I think it's because the, the bad will that he's earned over the years from treating people like, you know, like assholes. And uh, it's, it's karma in some way. I, I mean, it's, it's really a shame that they're all jumping back on him now that he's falling down the ladder, but he, he's earned it to some degree. Uh-huh. It's going to be interesting to see 
the, the, the direction that they go. Um, well, let's let's break it down, Derek. Um, how do you feel the direction of the product is going to go with the new booking? Uh, I think that if if it's true and everything's if Adam Adams Adams being brought in, like I'm hearing feedback over there. But I think you're going to see less of Gabe Sapolsky's pet projects, which means you're going to see a lot less people from Japan. You know, and as, as a Ring of Honor uh, big-time fan, I see nothing wrong with that other than I love the Dragon Gate guys. But you, I doubt you're going to see Kenta. You're not going to see Marafuji. You're not going to see the Morishimas, you know, being brought in. I think you're going to see more of the cheaper, you know, American talent. I hope that we don't see a, a show headlined with Adam Pearce versus the evil clown, you know, and get these cheap indie-type guys in. But uh, I, I hope they just focus with what they have right now. They've got a solid base. You have the young guys like the Red Titus. You have the Shikara guys and, and these local indie people you can bring in. And you still have the great Ring of Honor crew that's there, like the Briscoes and the Age of the Fall and, and Nigel and Danielson. So I hope if they just go with what they have, I think there's a good chance to, to keep the, the boat on an even keel and succeed. Yeah. I, I feel that they're going to go back to the 2002 type of booking um, where everything made sense. And, you know, honestly, I think that's, that's the direction they're going to go with some old school sprinkled in. Knowing, knowing Adam and his booking philosophies and, and other stuff, um, that's, I think that's the direction. Uh, Mr. D, uh, what do you think? I think um, from what I've heard and from what you've told me, KZ, on and off the record, uh, Pierce's booking is really um, – like you said, old school, uh, very Memphis. And I've been telling people for years, and I even told Berg in WrestleMania weekend, I said, okay, people right. have to stop sleeping. Let, let me cut you off. It's not Memphis. Okay. He's been heavily influenced by Crockett, NWA 80. Well, no, no, that's not the point I was getting to. Hold on, let me, let me, hold on, let me finish my point for a second. But FIP, okay, FIP, and I'm not an FIP cock rider as everybody, you know, some people think that, you know, Dr. Keith tells me, you know, Mr. FIP, but the fact is their booking is a lot more like that, more old school territorial, lots of, you know, run-ins, not like TNA run-ins, but run-ins where, you know, you got the manager outside doing, you know, this and that, you know, old school shit that's more fun, and you know what, it works for that audience. Um, so I think that Gabe kind of used FIP as like a more of a, of a like he can he'll book ROH his way, but I think with FIP he 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 was given more freedom. I think that Adams probably gonna go in there with that mentality where I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's going to follow what Gabe's been doing. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to stray that far away from it. Meaning, I don't think that we're going to see all the belts change hands on the first show. You know, I don't think we're going to see a bunch of new guys debut. I think so you don't think there's going to be a, a quote-unquote WCW restart. That no, no, I no. I don't. I mean, if you think there will be, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing right now. Whenever they do these restarts, no matter what company does it, it's always interesting the first week, but it dies. Real quick. So, if he's going to do a restart, he's got to make sure that this thing has momentum. You know, it's kind of like when Punk won the belt on Raw. Remember how that was kind of a restart right there. Uh, or the draft. And then it died off. So, I think that Pierce will have to do that, you know. But, uh, to answer your question, you know, in one in one sentence, um, I think it'll be the same but different. And I'll tell you what real quick. Uh, I like that they're bringing in the Osirian portal just because it's new talent. And Brody Lee, who's obviously a Kevin Smith fan, 
Um, I like new people being brought in. I think that Adam's going to have to mix it up, too. And you know what? I never even thought of what Derek pointed out about Japan. I I think there'll still be some Japanese guys coming, but you're right, though. Gabe does have a little bit of a love affair with the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Too much. Yeah, I agree. Too much. Now, I'll tell you, Adam and myself were, you know, we're, we're a lot like like we would be brothers, okay, because we're both heavily influenced by Bill Watts, Mid-South UWF, and 80s Crockett, uh, Mid-Atlantic. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff. You're still going to see 20-minute matches, but you're, I think he's going, I have the feeling he's going to try to slow down the Briscoes because I've been told, or I've told people many times on and off the record, that I feel that a Briscoe match is a 40-minute match squeezed into 20. Agree. And I, I think that he will slow everything down and go with Dusty's booking philosophy. You know, you're not going to just sit down and eat steak. You're going to want your, your veggies. You're going to want your salad and your potato and other stuff building up to that steak in the sizzle. That's the problem with Gabe's booking is that all these guys go out, opening matches, you know, is, is being worked like it's a fucking main event. And the, the pacing of the shows is going to be better because guys are going to, you know, you're going to get a good, you know, 15-minute draw to start out the match with some undercard guys, young, younger Lions trying to move up. And, and I think they're going to go back to using the top five rankings that they used to use, maybe even back to the handshake. I, I have the feeling it's going to go back to that, and, you know, it's going to be a lot like 2002 was, where there's actually going to be honor in Ring of Honor. I Let me so. say something real quick, uh, KZ. I don't think they should go back to the handshake. However, I do agree with you about the Briscoes. What they need to do, and I think that I want to ask Derek Bergens, um, I want to ask him what he thinks about this as well. One of the main problems with ROH this year has been the fact that Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson, who are arguably the number one and number two guys in the company, and you can switch back and forth. That, that's what it is. You know, those are the one A, one and one A, right? Um, both of those guys have not been involved in any quote-unquote feuds this entire year. You've had rivalries sprinkled here and there. You've had Danielson with Eric Stevens have a series of matches. Danielson and, and, and Aries. Uh, you've had um, you've had Nigel feuding with. You know, San Generico, but you haven't had a feud where something is, you know, where, where somebody dislikes somebody for whatever reason, and you haven't had a storyline actually evolve. I think that Pierce is going to have to take Nigel and Brian and put them in storylines and angles because. All Nigel's been doing is defending the belt every show, and he always wins, and people are sick of it. I mean, I've talked to lots of ROH fans. They are sick of Nigel McGuinness, and it's not because he's a bad wrestler. It's because he's not doing anything but wrestling. You've got to have him in something. If he's your world champion, he's got to be doing something. You can't just be doing great match, great match, great match. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I, I can definitely see that point. I think that's why a, a guy like Gabe Sapolsky can be let go and people just don't go crazy saying you've lost your mind because uh, Big D stated with the most high profile is that the, the storylines just aren't there. And, and the only feud you can talk about really is the age of the fall briscoes has been going on forever and people are now sick of it. So it's, it's feast or famine. And I, I just want to say two things in Adam Pierce. I think one of the reasons guys like Adam Pierce and like to slow it down is because I don't think he can keep up with the Briscoes and guys like Dragon Gate. So it's just convenient to want to slow it down so that they have to work his style. And I, I'll just put it on the record. 
And, and Bill Watts, he went to WCW after his company folded, and he got and it, he, he didn't keep up with wrestling. You know, he tried to use his style in the 1980s and early early 1990s, and it flopped because you have to change with the times. And I really get tired of people saying they want 70s wrestling or they want to go back to the way it was. Nobody does that on any entertainment form, movies, TV, anything. You've got to look ahead. You've got to find out where your audience is going to be, not where they were, because people just don't go back in time. You know, in other video games, you don't go back and try to find Pong 2. They're playing Grand Theft Auto. They're playing the next level of video games. And it, it gets tiring for me as a wrestling fan to constantly hear, and it's not just Adam Pearce. A lot of people keep stressing that, especially the older wrestlers, that we've got to go back. We've got to go back to how it was. No, you can't think like that. You've got to go ahead. You've got to stay ahead of the curve, and I think that they're just not good enough or they're not creative enough to be that next level. And at a time in Ring of Honor in 2002, like you were saying, KZ, I think they were ahead of the curve. They were showing something that nobody else was doing, and they've lost their way. And you know what? Real quick, I got a small point to make, Derek. I agree with you, and I think if you were to ask me, D, what is the next, what is the next, what's the future, look at Brian Danielson, look at the way he wrestles, MMA elbows, a realistic style. I believe yeah. most, if not all, Ring of Honor main events need to have that kind of, of build-up. With a storyline, of course, You got, that's what I think the future is. More realistic in-ring wrestling because, you know, all this powder of the eye shit ain't going to cut it no more. Okay. No, that, that's a, that's, oh, wait, one last point on that one. That's, a, that's great because on the last ROH pay-per-view, one of the defining moments for me, I thought, I think it was Danielson versus Tyler Black. And uh, it was a ref stoppage because he was doing the elbows. And the fans went absolutely crazy in a good way. They loved it. They were all chanting for the, the ref to stop it. And in WWE, I think it was the week before, did a ref stoppage. And the crowd just died. You know, it's how you do it. And Ring of Honor is just starting to get to that level of making it kind of realistic in, in some of their matches, like Brian Danielson. And uh, that, is, that is the future in some ways because people are gonna, about to go out of their minds to watch uh, Randy versus Brock in two weeks. It's going to set some, you know, pay-per-view records, whereas nobody's watching, you know, any of the wrestling pay-per-views. And it's because they can believe these two guys are going to try to kill each other. And uh, good point, D. Okay. Thanks. Sorry. Are we still on? I'm sorry, guys. I, I had to use the bathroom. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, at least I set the phone down, D, unlike you. No, not me. But you mean but, uh, you weren't you weren't listening to us talk about how terrible Adam Pierce is going to be as a booker? <laughs> Damn. You know, I guys, I, I know I've seen Adam's work, okay, and I know what he can do. I know what he's capable of doing. Um, he's going to shock the fans. Okay, he's going to shock the fans. Because there's going to be a good mixture of new school and old school and a lot of promos, a lot of in-ring type promo. and um, Good. I like that. More... That's one thing I do like is promos. We need more promos. <clears throat> there's going to be more realistic type of storylines. Um, I, I hope they bring back the they, they bring back the n- number one contender trophy. Um, I hate I loved that. The, I love the top five. Why? I mean, it, it, it's a contender. I hated it, man. You shouldn't. Actually, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, a secondary belt. Just give them the Intercontinental title and say it's like you know the '80s WWF Intercontinental title where you get the title shot eventually. Check this out. I I want him to do this. I love how Chikara. If you get three points, you get a tag team title shot. I like that idea. If you that's beat, not a bad idea. You know, it's new. It's, it's new, but it's people. not stupid like TNA. Yeah, I mean, if you beat ranked people, you get to move up the rankings. I feel. Say you're ranked number that works five and you me. beat the number three, and you move up to number three. I like that. 
that way, you know, it, it, you're able to uh, build and and you know, you will have credible challengers to belts and all that other stuff instead of, you know, you sneak attack the champ and you get the next title match. That's not right. How'd you earn it? You know what I like to see, KZ? You have a great idea there, and, and you're you're opening my mind up. What I would like to see is, hey, maybe have them do a series, kind of like the Great American Bash Tour in the summer, like a season, sort of like the football season or whatever, where you have guys wrestling and earning their rankings, and at the end of the season slash, you know, the end of the tour, the uh, number one and number two will face off for the belt, and then number three and number four can face off, and then they fight the winner of number one and number two at the next show. I think that would be a good a good idea to do just to try it, and uh, it's easy booking. It's, it's You don't have to think. You know, you just mm-hmm. book the match. I think that would be a good idea. You don't, it doesn't even have to be storyline-driven. No, not that. Be, I mean, you it, can have storylines built around it. Not even. You don't need it. The 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 storyline is hey I have to get ranking points to get the title match. That way, your belt's important, your contenders are important. It's important to move up the rankings. It makes yeah, sense. but 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 also, you could do angles within that. What I mean is, let's right. say number three's fighting number four. Number four cheats to win. Number three's like, what the fuck? Now you're getting the shot, and I'm not. And then you got a feud right there. It's not hard, man. I can book with my eyes closed. So if I can do it, I don't know why it's so difficult for these clowns in TNA and who have been in the wrestling no. business longer than I've been born to come up with shit. Okay. Um, for those that are listening to the live stream, um, I know we've been promoted in many new places this week. Uh, if you'd like to call in and, and join our discussion or uh, talk about pretty much anything, uh, area code 347-215-7946. Uh, call in, and uh, I'd love to talk to you. Um, just, uh, I'm, I'm in the process of uh, making a DVD set for, for friends and whatnot. Um, it's called... KZ is from the Indies to pay-per-view, the best of Matt Seidel. Um, I'm going to run down the matches. On the first disc, we have from Gateway Championship Wrestling in St. Louis, Matt Seidel against Mischief, two out of three falls. Then from IWA Mid-South, Matt Seidel and Delirious against B-Boy and Homicide. Then we have Matt Seidel against Spider Nate Webb against B-Boy from IWA. And then there's a an eight-man tag match from IWA with IWA against Wildside, which was a really fun match. Um, and the next disc has from NWA Revolution up in Illinois, Matt Seidel against Ian Rotten. Then it, uh, Matt's ECW TV debut against Shelton Benjamin. Then from Florida Championship Wrestling, uh, Evan Bourne against Offa. And the last match will be from Cyber Sunday, Matt Bourne or uh, Matt Hardy against Evan Bourne. Um, that's some good stuff. Uh, let's let's uh, let's turn it up a little bit. Um, let's let's talk about Cyber Sunday. Um, Matt Hardy and Evan Bourne stole the show. Um, that was really fun. Derek, what did you think of that match? Oh, it was great. Did I hear you say that the first match on that two-disc set was against Mischief? Is that the women's wrestler from Shimmer? Yes, two out of three falls. That's the exact same question I asked. I was like, the chick? All right. If he can have a good enough match to be on a best-of DVD versus her, you know, that that's, uh, it speaks volumes to the type of... Uh, athleticism and believability he has and the fact that uh, obviously he doesn't feel condescended to to work with her. So, I mean, it's, he's awesome. You know, you just get the feeling of him that he's fresh. You know, kind of like when Dragon Gate comes to Ring of Honor. It's like, this is something that I'm not seeing with these American guys, and it just blows your mind. And he is just like that influx in the WWE. And uh, 
it is like big DC when CM Punk won the title, and people had this air of like things are about to happen, and, and of course they didn't. But you can almost get that every time Matt Matt uh, Evan Bourne steps in the ring because he is just something different, and he really uh, I love the guy. What'd you think about last night's match with Ray? That was tremendous. I always say wrestle every good. every day. I, no, I totally agree. And the worst part is that instead of being programmed with Ray or maybe be put back in the tag team, you know, they'll, they'll put him against Mark Henry. It's like they either don't know what they have or they know he's getting over it more than he should, like the Hardys used to do back in the Attitude Era, and they're going to make sure the fans know their place in the world and squash him like an idiot. Uh, yeah, that, that match was, last night with Ray was good. Um, I really can't stomach Ray matches currently uh, because he's – I mean, I've I've seen when he first broke in, you know, as Calibri, the uh, hummingbird, you know, and into his AAA stuff. And wasn't he know, like I mean, seven I, years old or some shit when he broke in? <laughs> Fifteen, I yeah. think. Fourteen. But yeah, I mean, you gotta understand. For me, I mean, I go way back with watching Ray. I I first met Ray in '93. Um, Was he playing with your son in the, in the sandbox? No, no. Yeah, this was 92 and 93. If you uh, listen to the Michael Modest shoot interview, uh, Mike talks about the show where where we met Ray. So, But, yeah, I mean, I've seen Ray, in, you know, just tearing it up in Mexico, the States, Japan. So now he's just a shell of his former self. You know, he's a little guy that's jacked up on roids with bad knees. You know, and it, it's, it really bothers me. I can't really watch him. Um, but I must tell you, though, uh, Bourne and Mysterio do make a really good tag team. I'd love to see them against uh, Kingston and Punk. Uh, that would be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. The, uh, the other match, the. Uh, uh, well, hold on. Let me, let me say something. It's awesome, and Evan Bourne is the type of guy in like the Briscoes in Ring of Honor. He does all these flashy moves. And you're telling me that Adam Pearce would come in and tell Matt, you know, Evan Bourne, you can't do this shit. You can only do your shooting star press at the end. You know, right, it's the flash and the dazzle right. and, the, and the, else, the mid-match Everybody move. else is not doing it, Bergen. Everybody they can't do it. not doing it. Well, like I said, no one else is doing all that flippy-floppy shit. It's, and it's, it's, not, it's Evan, not getting over. Their buy rates are sinking. They're not sinking, but they're, you know, they're really low. The ratings are, are dropping a little bit every single week. And it's because they don't have anything that fans can get attached to. It's just the same old shit they've been seeing, you know, their whole lives. Bergen's right about WWE. I'll tell you what Pierce needs to do real quick is not so much change the styles of the workers, but change where they're positioned in the card. Meaning, if the Briscoes are going to go out and do 8,000 high spots, they need to be positioned before intermission or at the top. You can't have them go on. Like What I'm saying is you can't watch a Briscoes match and then expect to see a bunch of rest holds in the next match. I think that's where the real magic of booking a card is. Where are you going to put the guys and and when you put them there, tell them what kind of match they're going to have. If the Briscoes say, look, man, we're going to go out there and have a great match, we're going to do 10,000 near falls, they're probably going to go somewhere near the top. At the same time, though, they can't do that every show. Mm, I have to agree. I have to agree with you. Now, the thing, the thing with, with, with Evan is that he's, not, he's the only one doing that type of style, and it, it's not – there are too many of those different guys in Ring of Honor that are doing it. And have been doing it for years. I mean, it started out with that shit with the scrambles. Yeah, the scramble matches were fun for the first, you know, six shows or whatever. And then, you know, it's like, all right, this is too much. This is excessive. 
But the thing is, Matt knows his place on the card, and he knows his role. You know, he's not doing that with quote-unquote main eventers. He's not doing his style with main eventers. Now, I can pretty much guarantee you if he got a match with, with Hunter, I don't think he would be doing that stuff. No, I, I think that if he got a match with Hunter, he'd turn it up. I think that if he got a match with Hunter, he would try to prove that he belongs on top. Mm-hmm. If he had a match with Hunter, he'd get pedigreed three times in the first minute and pinned. That True. too. Well, okay, see, my, my, my point, guys, is that Matt is a smart enough worker to understand. You know, you don't do this, you don't do that. You can do this at this time. He is smart enough. Okay. No, you're right. I said it. I said two years ago, Matt Seidel is the greatest high flyer in the business. He is. Mm. I have to agree. And not, not because of the flying he does. No, because he knows when to do it. Exactly. And because every time he does a move, you know, whenever fucking, no offense, okay, no offense to Jack Evans. I love Jack Evans. He's very cool. I hung out with him a couple times. But every time he does a fucking move, I think he's going to die. Whenever Matt Seidel is a move, he does it so safely. You know, it's like so graceful. Yeah, well, he's crisp and clean. You yeah. Know, he's really clean. And that's what makes him, you know, a step above the rest of the spot monkeys. Uh, those that are listening, Crumbly, I know you're listening. Give us a call in. Uh, 347-215-7946. Um, you know, the thing is, you know, he's not a quote-unquote spot monkey because he he has good transitions. He can work a mat style. I've seen him grind it out for 50 minutes. You know, he is that well-rounded. Why is well, music who, who's, who's to say that the Briscoes and the Jigsaw and the Ruckuses and Jack Evans and Ring of Honor aren't being, and Matt Seidel certainly worked that style when he was there, Aren't being weren't being told by Gabe this is how you have to work. It's not to say these guys can't do it. It's that maybe they were. I mean, I didn't see the booking sheets and I didn't see Gabe's you know pre-production meetings. But that just might be the way he wants a wrestling match to go. You know, who knows? I've heard I've heard that is how he's told some guys to go. I heard that from certain people that he has told guys go out there and do ten minutes of spots. I've heard that in the past. Hmm. There you go. So you know what? You make a very good point there because I have heard he's told guys. Do spots, and then he, because he, he, I think he's maybe sometimes he thinks that, like you said, maybe Ruckus can't work a Danielson type match, and maybe he can't. I mean, we really don't know, but there's a place on the card for all those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, do all right. Well, I, I brought up the scramble matches. Um, they, they've been gone for years now. Um, what, what did you think of the scramble matches, Derek? Oh, yeah, at first they were they were new and exciting, and you had a, a couple good wrestlers like the Ray and Special K that were exceptional at them. But for the most part, uh, they were guys who probably shouldn't have been like Vaughter or guys that were kind of overhyped on the indie scene like like the SAT and uh, and uh, was Azriel, people like that, people that really should have been in, in Florida Championship Wrestling, that type of thing. So, I mean, they were, they were nice, but when they headlined a show, they got exposed pretty damn quick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, those, those matches were really, really fun. You know, they were fun. I enjoyed them. And, you know, when they were in the either the beginning of the card or right before the intermission where they were placed properly, um, they were fun. And the thing is, those guys, they knew their spot on the card, and they knew their role. And I'll tell you what. Hmm. I'll, go ahead. I'll tell you after you're done. I'll tell you what I think about the scrambles because you'll see if you agree. Um, after I get off the, get off the show here, I'm going to have to watch the first scramble cage, which was just – insanity um that was just 
you know, just fucking crazy stuff. Uh, the Scramble stuff was good. Um, it gave the SAT a platform to, you know, continue their career. Um, but, you know, and the Special K kids, you know, they really shined in those matches as well. I mean, those kids were really talented. Um, and they're still doing rather well. A bunch of them are still working for Jersey All Pro. Um, some are in Japan. You know, they're they're doing their thing. So, I mean, you know, they, they were fun matches, and they were goofy, and they knew what they were. And the fans knew what they were, too. The fans knew this is going to be this crazy-ass plot fest. And I think that they should maybe bring it back. Um, that way you, you have your guys, your spotty guys, in one in one match, and it doesn't bleed over to the rest of the card. Maybe even give them a title kind of thing. So uh, what, what were you going to say, D? No, I was just going to say, uh, when I first heard this, the whole scramble concept is basically stolen from Lucha. You know, no tags necessary. That's basically what it is, the Tornado Lucha right. match, or Cibernetico. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, the one time when I knew the scrambles were killed was on, on the one anniversary show where you saw – go back and watch the ROH first anniversary show. You've got Joe versus Danielson, two of the best workers in the business. You've got Homicide versus Steve Carino. You've got CM Punk versus C.W. Anderson. And you've got Paul London, AJ Styles, Loki. You've got a hell of a card, and it's main evented by one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. 15 versus 15 something scramble match. Nothing made sense. Guys, just Mikey Whipwreck was in this match somehow. Um, this, that's what I think killed the scrambles when he thought it was cute to throw everybody in there and do one giant one that sucked. Well, I love I love Cyberneticos. Um, I I love them from from uh, AAA and CMLL and plus I always look forward to the Scar one every year because you know that they man they make it a big story too. So it's not. Just like eight on eight, but um, any any opinions on the scrambles there, Derek? And if uh, do you think there there's a there's a home for them still? Oh, there's there's definitely a home for them. Like you said, the, the scramble cage and, and stuff they've done with Teddy Hart and Jack Evans, even against the Carnage Crew, were one of the biggest wastes of time in Ring of Honor. They were in one of the best main events or co-main events in Ring of Honor history because you had such a, a great concept. But I like BD said, Big D said it was totally watered down at that first anniversary show. It's almost the the nadir of uh, Ring of Honor Wrestling, that show I think also had that Riot, which is one of Gabe's yeah. special. I'm going to try to try to work everyone, including the Sheets, which is another little um, little red flag that maybe everything that's being said right now about Gabe just isn't on the up and up. I mean, we'll, we'll see as time goes down. But uh, that's that certainly, especially with Slugger, that guy who is their gigantic black bodyguard, right. and they put him in a singlet, and it just looked embarrassing, and you wonder, you know, who, who's in quality control? It just showed you how bad the concept can be. But uh, overall, I mean, Scramble's have, have their uh, way. Now, for those of you listening, if you would like to call in and uh, you know, speak on pretty much any topic, uh, the area code is 347-215-7946. Crumbly, you are listening. Call in, dude, so uh, I can bury TNA. Um, <laughs> uh, now, well, I'll tell you, you man, um, the, the uh, bringing back the scrambles, it, it, you can do that, but I don't think they should ever headline a show again. Unless oh, no, you've no, got no. something like a scramble cage or something like that. Yeah. I'd... Now, do you guys think that Gabe's going to resurface in TNA? No. Why? Are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding? You really think that they're going to hire? Let's I not forget that I... Jeff Jarrett and Vince Russo practically sleep together. <laughs> Good point. What do you think, Derek? 
Oh, yeah, I think after two weeks, Gabe would either shoot somebody or shoot himself. So I, I don't think uh, it would be good for anybody. But can you imagine, no, can you imagine Gabe Sapolsky in a booking meeting with Vince Russo? You see, we're going to have this match with, with, you know, all these gimmicks. And you imagine, Gabe, I really think that you should have a 45-minute match on this impact. It's not going to happen. It's, it's, we're talking, you want to talk about polar opposites. I mean, damn. One Stalin and one Hitler. Big day, big day. They both love to push young guys. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But uh, we've already seen uh, an alleged great booker. I mean, everybody creams over Jim Cornette. He's in, in, in TNA, and obviously he's had absolutely no impact. So, I mean, imagine if, if Gabe went down there, he'd just be making the uh, TNA newsletters and handing them out in the crowd, just like the ECW days, because uh, they okay. don't want someone that makes sense down there. I don't think he's going to – I really don't think – I think he has too much pride to – that's pretty funny, but I think he has way too much pride to uh, lower himself to doing that. He might as well just sell DVDs at the at the, at the ROH shows. <laughs> I thought he would go back to our video. Yeah, oh, shit. That will ruin him. Video guys. Now, now, let me ask. Do you think that Gabe will land with any other company? Yeah, 7-Eleven, Walmart. Wrestling company, dumbass. I know, I don't think so. I, I honestly don't think he will. I look, nothing against Gabe, but who's looking for a booker right now? Especially with how much money he was making off of ROH, because I heard he was making pretty good money from Ring of Honor. Um, he might continue to book FIP. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. Uh, Sal's become a pretty good booker on his own right, so... You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think he's going to work anywhere else, man, other than ROH. It's very not likely, my opinion. Derek, what do you think? Oh, definitely. He, he's at this stage that ECW was near the end. He's uh, too small to be big because the TNA and WWE probably don't respect what he did, and, and part of them is also jealous that he was getting the critical praise, and I'm sure that pisses them off. And he's too big to be small. You know, all these little small indies either can't afford him or they're not – not really worth his time or effort. So, I mean, he's really – it's a shame because this is obviously his dream, his, his life, you know, work is being wrestling, and he's almost in no man's land because there's really not a spot for him out there right now in the landscape. Okay, now, now I'm, I'm – Casey, you're you breaking up, man. Okay, uh, better? A little bit, yeah, okay. go ahead. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm outside joking. But um, I'm, I'm assuming that since Adam is taking the art booking job that he's giving up his booking responsibilities with the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, I don't have that confirmed. I don't have it denied. I don't have any answers, so I can't give you guys a straight answer on that. Um, do you think that maybe uh, Mr. Dave Marquez of the NWA will go out and get uh, Gabe to book his product? That's probably the only guy. You know what? That's like the closest Gabe will come. I don't think so, but if there's going to be one guy, that's the one. I, I didn't even know the NWA was a company. I thought it was like 50 small companies. I mean, when I um, I no, actually asked no, KZ, no. Oh, wait, just go on. I asked KZ off the record uh, if, if Adam had booked a couple a day ago, if he'd ever booked some shows uh, or booked a company, and I got clued in about the NWA stuff. I had no idea, and I'm a person that reads, you know, five wrestling websites a day. Have been subscribing to the Torch and the Observer for years. I mean, it's so under the radar. To even a fan area under the radar. Adam, Adam Adam books the NWA title. And he is an assistant booker, or not even assistant. He helps book SoCal Pro Wrestling in San Diego, which he works for every month because he lives in San Diego. That's his quote-unquote home promotion. So he helps book that stuff. Um, he's written the TVs 
for the NWA that will be taped. I not this weekend. I think it's the weekend after. You have to look in the Observer update yesterday for the actual dates. It's um, no, early November in L.A. They're going to be filming the pilot for their TV. Um, they're shopping it around, and I hear that they may have a a a tight deal with WGN out of Chicago. So um, Adam was uh, assist. Well, he was he was booking it along with. Uh, Mr. Dave Marquez of the NWA. Um, <laughs> sorry, but if you ever hear Dave talk, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm Dave Marquez of the NWA. He belongs but, uh, in the NWA the way he talks, man. He's like solely and all of them combined. Capetta. Yeah. So yeah. So he was Adam actually booked the TVs. So and he, you know he also booked his own programs as far as the NWA title was concerned. He did all the finishes and everything. So, I'm not sure if he's out of the NWA now. Um, so, I do you think see. when the TVs air that they'll actually get some an article in the Observer and Torch and Figure Four? Because well, damn, they will, it, they will. I will guarantee, fucking to you, it will be in the in the Figure Four and and Observer because they will both be getting DVDs of the shows. I am made sure they're already on the mailing lists, and Mr. Bergen, you will be too. All right. So, I don't. I don't think people understand. And this is one of Gabe's hidden strengths that probably nobody even knew about. Is the fact that back in the day when I, when I was covering SmackDown, it's always Sean Radican who works at the Torch. I, I wrote Gabe and asked him for some for Ring of Honor DVDs, and it, uh, he sent me some. And then he continued to send me some. He sends them to Dave. He sends them to everybody. And that's why Ring of Honor got coverage in places like Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and Chikara and everywhere else doesn't because they don't send their DVDs out. You know, they just they just expect the world to you know come knocking on their doorstep. And I, I just want to go back. You talked about the NWA TV, and this ties into the Ring of Honor television deal where, where Dave Meltzer said they've been shopping their shows. And uh, forget the booking. How could any television show watch a Ring of Honor tape and think this could be a good TV show? It'd be like, it doesn't matter how good it's booked. It looks like crap. If I exactly. could have the greatest Stephen King book in the world, but if it's given to me written in crayon, I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to say you're a retard. You know, I want some professionalism. It's 2008. And Ring of Honor needs to clean up their, you know, their amateurish production values before they even think about moving to the next level. Now, now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about right. the NWA. They, um, the NWA, they've they've purchased a whole new production, everything, and you know they're going to go. They're going for broke. But I do have a caller on the line from the 419. Caller, who am I speaking with? Hey, it's Crumbly. My presence was requested. Yeah. Crumbly, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, how you doing, guys? Now, is Gabe going to go to TNA? No, Gabe is not going to go to TNA. Um, I actually would not be surprised if, just because there's so many slots, if he ended up like uh, ECW copy fetcher or something. But uh, no, he will not end up in TNA. Okay. Okay. Um, Do you see any ROH talent leaving ROH and signing with TNA? Uh, To be honest, I stopped following Ring of Honor... Around the time that uh, that that guys like Joe and Punk left, um, I've seen a little bit of Brian Danielson. I like him, as does everybody with a brain, I guess. So um, I wouldn't mind if he crossed the line, so to speak. But aside from him, there isn't really anybody from my limited um, Ring of Honor exposure that jumps out at me. I'll tell you Black what, is okay, guess I've seen a little bit of him. I gotta say though, man, if he crossed the line, so to speak, I'd rather see him work. 
you know, a good 20-minute match in front of 50 people than work a two-minute match with five run-ins on Impact. So, you know, if Impact's going to book him like he should be booked, sure. But if he's, if they're going to make him just another guy, if they're going to make him Sanjay Dutt version 2, he might as well stay on the indies, you know. Uh, Sanjay Dutt is an entertaining guy, and he's an important part of the show, so I don't see anything wrong with being Sanjay Dutt. Yeah, but if you ask, like, a hundred people who Sanjay Dutt is, I get, I'll guarantee you three might tell you. And I'm talking about a hundred like, normal people. And that's three more than who would know Brian Danielson. That's true, so okay, you're, you know, that's a good right. point. Very good point. Now, Crumbly, um, did you watch the WWE pay-per-view this past Sunday? I watched the majority of it up... Up until the main event, I just I just can't deal with Triple H in 2008. I know it's a cliche thing, but I just can't look at the guy anymore. When he came on... Hold on. This is a guy that wants to see Jeff Jarrett in TNA? He's the founder. Dude, he's the king of the mountain. How can you hate that man? But uh, Triple H, I just can't deal with him. At least Jeff took a year off, though. At least there's that. 18 months that man was gone from my life. It was a, a, a sad, hollow 18 months. I was heartbroken. Mm. Horrible. Horrible. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Now we have Crumbly on the line, so let's, uh, let's, dis- let's discuss a little total nonstop action. Um, where do you, uh, what direction do you see the company going as far as the main event programs? Well, in my opinion, right now it's a very exciting direction. The main event mafia against the young guys. A very exciting feud. It can go a lot of different ways. Apparently at the TV taping, Scott Steiner, spoiler alert, Scott Steiner joins the main event mafia. A new face in in their ranks. A very exciting deal. So um, I'm I'm really excited, and I have a lot of faith in their current main event direction. It seems to have a direction for once, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Vince Russo writes a very good first chapter, um, but when you get to chapters three and four is where it starts to fade out. Like I said when Crumbly was on my show, and thanks, Crumbly, for being on my show again, um, you know, the concept of the young guys against the old guys is brilliant, and it works. However, I don't know if I have faith in the booking committee to come up with enough fresh angles to keep it going. You could keep this feud theoretically going for two years if you book it right. I don't think it's going to last that long. Well, can. we'll see. They they have to live up to their name, total nonstop action. So, <clears throat> you know, I will I mean, agree I, that this past week's impact. <laughs> I'm not somebody who needs 15 minute matches on every show or needs a two hour show to have 45 minutes of wrestling. But uh, man, it seemed like we went like hours, hours without matches on that show. I almost fell asleep. That was bad times. Damn. <laughs> Here you go, man. Wrestling. I like hearing you knock on TNA. <laughs> that needs to be corrected. But, uh, you know, like, uh, overall, I thought it was a fun show, a lot of storyline developments, all that kind of stuff, character development. But, uh, man, on a pro wrestling show, you need some pro wrestling. Jesus Christ. That's hard to watch. I have to agree. You know, it's funny. TNA does not have enough pro wrestling, and ROH has too much of it. It's crazy. Good point. I agree completely there. They need to, like, good. you know, find a way in the middle, man. All right. Well, Crumbly, do you have anything you'd like to plug to my listeners? Uh, no, not at all. Awesome. Well, I'll plug something for you. F4WOnline.com. How does that sound? 
the board, I guess, although the these board. days, who knows? But <laughs> Fuck the trolls. <laughs> what about the, the French queer troll, though, KZ? Huh. What do you think about that guy? Uh, don't, A thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down, and I'm not going to quit promo, <laughs> so you're not getting it. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a lot. Good job. Assembly, thanks for your time, brother. All right, that was uh, the ultimate TNA, Mark Crumbly. Uh, we're going to head out. Um, we're just about done with the hour. So, uh, Mr. Bergen, since uh, you have more stuff to plug than everybody under the sun, um, it's on you. You have the office. Uh, I'd actually like to spend my time uh, breaking little Crumbly's heart and give him a spoiler alert. Uh, it's all going to lead nowhere and be a bunch of mess because that's just how it is. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Dave. He's a he's an earnest kid, and I under, I understand his passion and it wanting to be good. I do too, and I don't understand when him and people like Dave Meltzer say they have these long term plans. They keep saying that for the last three years, and anyone who watches the show, what little there are left, know that's not true. They know it's all going to end up being nothing, and uh, that's just how it is. You just got to accept it, just like the uh, the seven stages of grief of Gabe Sapolsky. At at some point, you just have to let it go and accept it that this is. It's not going to go anywhere, so there's no point in getting excited about it. There's no point in getting angry about it. It's just, it is what it is, as they say. Awesome. Mr. Bergen, thank you for calling in and uh, giving us your insight. It was uh, definitely a, a very heated and uh, fun discussion. Uh, we'll yes. have to have you on again sometime. Um, maybe uh, you and I, we can review a DVD or something on the air. and you know. We'll uh, do the very best of Adam Pierce. How does that sound, Casey? Did I send, did I send you the, the disc? I didn't know what existed. <laughs> oh, I did. I got okay. it. You did. I, I know I got he it. does. Okay, so let me write this down because uh, I'm going to send you, Derek, the uh, first show for Fog City, uh, the debut. So, uh, with Fog senior City. official Kevin, with Kevin, uh, Kevin Gill, or <laughs> one of the greatest men in wrestling. Okay, so we have Fog City for Bergen and KZ's Best of Adam Pierce Disc One, which is a uh, Really fun stuff. There's a really good modest match on there. Uh, that was the first one, right? That was from like '99, yeah. right? Uh, that was good, man. No, was, I'll, I don't even gonna lie, that was good. It was 2001. It was Mike's first match back after his first tour of Noah. So that was yeah, very good fun match. stuff. But uh, and like Pierce said, was still Bergen, Thanks for coming on, brother. It was uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you guys. Big, uh, I had a lot of fun. See you later, Big D. Later, Bye, man. Okay, that was uh, Mr. Derek Bergen, um, the whore, too many places, you know, figure4online.com, <laughs> Torch, wherever. I mean, dude, you know, he gives more head than uh, Jasmine St. Clair, so, you know, he gets more busy. Well, D, now it's your turn. All right, well, I really don't have anything to plug. Uh, my show's on hiatus. Oh. And, yeah, if it's on hiatus, angrymarks.com, uh, that's the website. Um, and yeah, Bergen, man, I'll tell you what, Bergen's a, a great guy, and Crumbly, it hurts me, man, because I so hate TNA, and I don't want to go off on Crumbly and say, how could you watch this, but, because he's such a nice guy, man, but I just can't stand it, dude, I, I just, I can't, I like, I like the wrestlers, I can't stand the booking, but, uh, angrymorse.com's the website, uh, we'll be having a show at uh, 11 on Thursday, uh, do you also have a show at 11 on Thursday, Casey, or is yours a different time? 11 Eastern. We're at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. 10 o'clock. All right, so listen to both the shows if you're on here. Uh, we're going to be dicking around on the Angry March show, probably reviewing this past weekend's UFC and uh, and Cyber Sunday pay-per-views and, I don't know, whatever happens. Tremendous. Blogtalkradio.com slash Angry Marks. 
Nice and easy. Thanks for coming on, dog. I'm going to cut you off because we're running out of time. But thanks for coming on, D. Hey, thanks, man. Awesome. Okay, we have a few few seconds left. Uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash radio for the second half of our archives. You can get the first half of our archives at rubberguardradio.com, my non-updated site. Uh, please visit my sponsors, wrestlewarehouse.com and fogcitywrestling.com. Also want to throw props out to my boys in the Chicago land area, eliteprowrestling.com. Uh, you can watch their TV streaming live on their website Fridays at 10 o'clock. Uh, also, if you're in the Chicagoland area, I think it's Channel 19 on Comcast. You can catch their TV as well. Uh, check it out, man. Um, 